So I know normally I give the listeners, you know, like, here's a scene from a movie. When I say normally, I've done it once. Yep. And we we kind of we kind of reenact this scene that we think should have been in the film, but it wasn't. I'm going to change it up a little bit this time, though. This time it's just going to be, guess what movie I'm talking about, but I'm going to talk about a scene that I think should have been in the film. Is that confusing enough? See, I just want you to know that when you say I'm changing it up for the listener, you're changing it up for me, too, because I don't know what you're talking about. This is like Jed on the fly. This is what this is keeps you on your toes, man. Yeah, this is you like, hey, dude, hit record and then <laughs> I'll just start talking. And that's what just happened. You can't say hit record. JGL copyrighted that. You got to say something else. That's um, click record. <laughs> there you go. There All you right. go. So here it is. Let me set this up. So All right. this is a movie. That all the listeners should know and love. All right. And this is a scene that I think should have been in it because here's here's the backstory. Recently watched this film. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I would have died. I would have totally died because I don't have those skills necessary to survive on an island by myself. And here's the thing. I don't think he does either if it's not for a class that he took. And I need a throwaway line. I don't even need a scene. I need a throwaway line that is like, yeah, I remember back when we first started out on this FedEx truck, they gave us that that class like, hey, here's how you start a fire using two sticks if you're ever on an island, or here's how you, you make rope from trees. Like, I need that scene because how the fuck did he figure all that shit out? I, I know I can put myself in that situation. Nothing but time. Obviously, I got to have the coconuts because I don't want to die until I can figure out how to make the fire and make the crab. But my point is, I would never figure out how to make rope. <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm just assuming the FedEx training video was like Blue Lagoon on a loop. Must have been. Must have been. I mean, I don't know that you're missing a great cinematic scene, but I hear what you're saying. And honestly, until you said FedEx, I thought you were talking about the sitter. So, <laughs> um, although I don't think I get a guess, do we? I no, don't think that's... You don't. No, I'm the one asking the riddle. You don't. Gotcha. Okay. But anyway, for the listeners out there, it's a film you all should know and love, and it's a scene that needs to be in the movie, or at least a line thrown away, because I feel so bad about myself every time I watch it, like I would have died so so quickly. Yeah, probably in the crash. <laughs> that's actually a good point. That's actually a good, that's a tough one to survive. I don't know that I would have thought, if I pull this, then the, the fucking raft is going to, I'll just shoot right back up. I'll yeah, shoot. yeah. I don't know. No, but I no. In my that. head, in my head, I'd have been like, "This is how I die." <laughs> yeah. All right then. My tooth really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of Cigarette Burns. Uh, it's Cole and Jed here, and we are recording this on, I guess, very late Tuesday on the seventeenth. So uh, we obviously know we're all dealing with the COVID nineteen global pandemic. Uh, a lot of us are confused as to what's going on, uh, what we have to do. A lot of us are having to stay in if we can stay in. I know, I, you know, here in Orange County, we just got hit with sort of a stay in unless you're going to the grocery store order. There's a lot of uh, fear. There's some panic. Um, and humbly, we thought we could just entertain you guys for an hour. Um, so I hope you understand we're not trying to be disrespectful uh, or anything like that, but with all the terrible, terrible news that keeps coming in and, and sort of the scary news that keeps coming in, we thought maybe for an hour or so we can just laugh and have some fun. 
in honor of the situation we're all finding ourselves in, we thought we would hit you with the movie Outbreak, the 1995 Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo classic. So, guys, hang in there with us, and uh, we really, really appreciate you spending all this additional time you have, uh, unfortunately, that you can't go outside with us today. So, uh, without further ado, should we yank and bank? Let's do it. In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured, bound for a pet store in America. The animal carries a deadly virus. Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world, is in our hands. We cannot, we dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. Your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. You got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them have got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. If that bug gets out of there, 260 million Americans will be dead or dying. I'm leaving with the team in an hour. From the heart of a small California town. Damn it, Sam, I want to save these people same as you. To the inner circle of power in Washington. The most optimistic projection for the spread of the virus is this. 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours. The greatest medical crisis of all time. We can't stop it. Begins. Try to remain calm. Many people are dying and are going to continue to die unless we find this monkey. There will be panic the likes of which we have never seen. There you are. I really hope that's Don LaFontaine on the trailer. It had to be, right? 95. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I feel like he was like Peter Gammons, where, you know, if the baseball season wasn't happening, he's in a basement and he's just doing trailer after trailer after trailer oh, at that yeah. point. Totally. Totally. There's just no question. I remember this film. I saw it in the theater. I remember that specifically. And then I think I saw it a couple times after. I think it was on a lot when we were in college. But I remember seeing it in the theater. And I remember thinking this movie was like a huge thing. It was a huge deal. They even parodied it it on Friends. And they even had the actual monkey. You know, played Marcel. And then they had Jean-Claude Van Damme with Outbreak 2. Like (laughs) the virus attacks New York or something. Yep. (laughs) But where, where did you see it? Did you see it in the theater? I don't think I saw it in the theater. I I remember seeing this like it was a TBS staple, I feel like. Like TNT or TBS, one of those where it just felt like for 5 or 6 years there it was on cable constantly and it's a great cable movie. Totally great cable movie. It's it's super easy to pick up anywhere in the middle of it, but I don't really recall renting it specifically, so I'm fairly certain the only time I had seen it uh back in the day was on TV. But I do remember it though being a thing. I like you, I remember people talking about it. And then I, I, you know, I looked it up uh, preparing for this, and I mean, it made like 189 million dollars, 67 domestic. I'm, I thought it would have been more. I really, I did did. too. I did too. I'm, I'm surprised. And this is maybe our third movie in a row where the international hall for what appears to be kind of a 
uniquely American movie, just in style, mm-hmm. uh, makes you know double what it made here. I was very surprised in that. I'm happy you mentioned style because Wolfgang Peterson directed this film. Obviously, of Das Boot fame, In the Line of Fire, Perfect Storm, Troy, Poseidon. But this film is like at that point in the 90s where movies all had a very... If they were making an action movie, it had a very similar look to this film. And that look was about three or four years ahead of what TV was going to look like, it seemed like. Because at, there are times in this movie I'm watching it and I'm like, that seems like a scene out of like... Law and Order or CSI or the way they film it. And that was what a movie was back then. And then TV caught up real quick. That's a great point. Because when I was watching this, I did think more like, man, this could have been 24. This could have uh-huh. been lost. Yep. This, uh, and we'll, we'll get into kind of breaking down scenes later, but that, that aesthetic. Uh, and when you look at Wolfgang Peterson, who I think has a very interesting career because Das Boot is, is a little, it's darker. I'd, I'd call it a more serious film i I would too (laughs) well not just in this but like (laughs) air force one perfect storm troy and poseidon all have that like Mm -hmm. you know michael bay light look to it and then after poseidon just nothing like he just didn't do anything no well you saw poseidon i I, in the theater yeah so did i i remember that 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 summer that came out josh lucas that was a letdown Josh Lucas and uh, oh, what was her name? Giselle something or the one from uh, the Real World, uh, like the Real World London. I think she's married to Gabriel Mach, actually. Oh, you know what? I'm not. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. She was like an actress for a little bit. So, but yeah, that uh, interesting time for films. I don't know what happened to him after Poseidon because he's a good director. He can definitely direct action scenes. Yeah, and this movie is very interesting because. This is an action movie with action star Dustin Hoffman at the beginning of it, but I like how it forces the action in what are typically uh, stationary places. You know, yes, we have a helicopter at the end and, and, you know, we have sort of a jumping off onto a boat. There are action set pieces that are involved, but for the most part, it is simply hospitals, laboratories, things like that. But the pace of the movie, as well as the cutting of the scene to scene to scene makes me feel like I'm moving through the whole thing. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. It only lags a couple times for me. It feels like it's a little, it's like about 20 too long for me. They draw some stuff out and then they try to wrap some things up, but I have one hot take. Oh, I'm ready. Several, oh, but I'm going to give you a hot take already. Super pumped. Dustin Hoffman. I mean, should not be in this movie. Number one, in my opinion, I don't think he's good at all. He's awful. I've got Dustin Hoffman hot takes for like, Five minutes in this pod, so. Dustin Hoffman's character, Sam Daniels, is not good at his job at all one fucking bit. He's horrible. Yes, that's correct. And I keep watching the movie, and I've watched it several times now because I even said to Rachel, am I missing something? Usually when you have a character like that or you have um, an authoritative figure, they have some, as you would say, bona fides. Yes. This fucker doesn't have any credentials. There's no scene and there's nothing that's said. Only thing that Renee Russo does is her character, Robbie, says, you remember Ebola? Yeah, he called that. Well, evidently, according to Billy Morgan Freeman's character, he's called everything he's seen. You're (laughs) bound to be right once. (laughs) He's the most incompetent, inept piece of shit in this film, yet he yells at everyone, 
You do it again. You tell him to do it again. You tell him to do yep. it again. That accent that he does, I have no fucking idea what he's doing in and out of this film. I, I'm just, I love Dustin Hoffman. He's one of my favorite actors. But when I read that Harrison Ford was originally supposed to be in this film, I'm like, that makes sense. Yep. Hundred percent. I see. My thing with Dustin Hoffman is I, I'm I'm whatever about Dustin Hoffman, and I know you and I disagree about this, right. but he's he's a completely whatever actor to me. Like I don't care. I I think he's overrated in my opinion. He could not be less suited for a film than he is this film. He doesn't understand what this part is, mm-hmm. and I think there's even lines written for Sam in this movie that delivered differently come off differently. Absolutely. And. This this is him, like, if I was Robbie, Rene Russo's character, I would be like, if you yell at me one more fucking time, <laughs> you think for a minute that I don't know what's going on? By the way, you're wrong. Yes. The animal who's the host, not at that laboratory. Nope. Not there. By the way, that wasn't even your idea. That was Kevin Spacey's idea, Casey, and you just were like, yep, that's it, let's run with it, and they yeah. check it again, and you tell him to check it again. You're not in charge of the CDC, bitch. You're not even supposed to be in Cedar Creek. No, it's it's he makes the mistake at the beginning uh, where he rips his he's not focusing and he rips his suit, which, you know, you can basically take off your sunglasses with that foreshadow. But it's (laughs) it's like, okay, you fuck up there. Got it. Uh, You're on the plane with Major Salt, Cuba Gooding Jr. character and Casey. And you're like, I got this rookie. I'm going to. Take his confidence and I'm going to take a shit on it and tell him that you have no fucking idea what you're getting ready to do. You're going to fall apart. Well, self-fulfilling prophecy there. Awesome. And then when they get back on the ship or they get back on the plane, he's like, look, I know you're scared. I want people to be scared, which is, by the way, correct. I I think he's right when he's like, fear is good. That makes you careful. But like, that may have been better on the front end Mm -hmm. than... Let me put you in a situation where you think you're going to fail, watch you fail, and then be like, it's okay, man. Like, no, dude. Like, you, I'm, I totally agree with you. Sam is awful. He's the worst character in this show. And I totally get Robbie's like, I'm out. I'm taking your dogs. I don't care. <laughs> um, but before we get too much into the movie, I did want to say um, this is a, like, we look at it now. This is a stacked oh god 1990s cast because you've got Dustin Hoffman who because of what he did in the 60s and 70s and and 80s let's not kid ourselves I mean he had a good three decade run there he didn't do much between Hook and this Mm-mm. um but he's Dustin Hoffman so sort of a one of those guys you got Rene Russo who there is a in my opinion one of the biggest stars of the 90s I think there's a Good argument there that she is like the actress of the 90s or in that conversation. Her and Helen Hunt. (laughs) I'm trying to be professional here because it's impossible for me to overstate the crush I had on Rene Russo. Impossible. I mean, this run she had, by the way, I I think is is worth mentioning. She was in Major League, which was, I think, her big coming out party is definitely the first time I saw her. One Good Cop, which is, no one ever talks about that movie with Michael Keaton. That's Mm -hmm. a good movie. And she's mm-hmm. extremely good in it. Then she does Lethal Weapon 3, In the Line of Fire, Get Shorty, Tin Cup, Ransom, Lethal Weapon 4, and The Thomas Crown Affair. Like, that's her run. run. That's great in- run. That's, that's insane. And I, I don't know anybody who wasn't crushing on Rene Russo. I mean, she's a fantastic actress. Um, she's gorgeous. But she plays smart and powerful. And I wanted her. I wanted her to have a scene in this movie where she just threw the fuck down on Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that's what I wanted too. I was missing that. 
And obviously in the very beginning of the film, you know it's setting it up for them to get back together once you find out. And at the end, with these kind of things, a lot of times you're like, yeah, okay, this feels like right, like they've moved past. They haven't moved past anything. He's still the same prick that he was. They try to hint that he's changing when she says a couple things. He's not. And this is still not going to work. And you don't need to be with him at all. You can do so much better. Get away from this piece of shit. But in in addition to Hoffman and Russo, we've got Morgan Freeman, who's coming off of Unforgiven and Shawshank and getting ready to do Seven. So he's in his, I don't even want to say renaissance because he he never really went away. But I think this is where he meets that next generation of fame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Donald Sutherland, who's been in a 150 movie. Everybody knows who Donald Sutherland is. <laughs> then we have a young Cuba Gooding Jr. who at this point was still the guy from Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Bit parts and some stuff. Bit part in A Few Good Men. Uh, and then he's getting ready to do Jerry Maguire in a couple years is obviously where he'll blow up. And then we got Kevin Spacey, who that 95 was stupid with Usual Suspects, Outbreak, and Seven. Yep. Yep. That was a big one. And then, you know, you get a little little dollop, a little cherry on top of Patrick Dempsey. Just a little That's something. That's right. This cast is so loaded that J.T. Walsh is uncredited. Uncredited. And best performance in the movie. Yeah. This is the Constitution. I've read it. Actually, let's just play the scene. This Constitution of the United States, I've read it cover to cover. I don't find anything in it about vaporizing 2,600 American citizens. But it does say several times that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. So, a couple things before clean sweep is even considered. One, unanimous, unwavering support for the president on this one. And I mean public. You're going to stand there shoulder to shoulder with him. He goes down, you go down. And the second thing is, I want an army of experts citing hundreds and thousands of lab experiments telling any idiot with a camera that there was no other way You got that? Hmm? No member of this government is going to go sneaking off to the Washington Post telling them how they were the sole voice of opposition. If there is a voice of opposition out there, I want him in here. Now, those are the citizens of Cedar Creek. Go on, look at them. These are not statistics, ladies and gentlemen. They're flesh and blood. And I want you to burn those into your memories. Because those images should haunt us till the day we die. I could listen to J.T. Walsh talk all fucking day. All I thought the first time, because on the rewatch, I watched this for the first time uh, a couple days ago, getting ready for this. And when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, we got to get a Blue Chips episode <laughs> right now. Like, yeah. he's just, yeah. it's, he's, he's just so damn good. And I couldn't believe it when I was looking at it, because I was like, it doesn't say J.T. Walsh is in this movie. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> Uncredited for for what reason I have no idea. No idea either. But yeah, it's it's a stacked and, and not only is it stacked, it's a stacked '90s cast. Like this, these are '90s actors in '90s films, and every inch, every minute of this movie is just hitting you in the face with '90s. I mean, oh, God. It, and, it's just and, oozing. And, and, and that's like the blanket that comforts me with this movie. You know, there are other outbreak movies. Um, I'm sure we'll mention later, like Contagion, which is super serious and very prescient right now and, and mm-hmm. eerie. Like that's a, I, I've obviously watched that one in the last week or so. Difficult, uh, difficult revisiting that movie. Um, this one is like a fun movie, but it's because it's set up like an action movie, because it's set up like those types of 90s popcorn movies. 
I never felt the stakes getting super high because you know how it's going to end. Exactly. And I think upon watching it a couple times, I would say Cuba Gooding Jr. and Rene Russo are pretty much the only ones that know what movie they're in. Agreed. And Hoffman has no fucking clue what he's in. Donald Sutherland, I'm not sure where he thinks he is, but Morgan Freeman is is phoning it in, but is doing a great job phoning it in because he's Morgan Freeman. You know what's awesome about that is if you have it on in the background, because, you know, this is one of those you can kind of just have on. He has so much red in his performance. It's oh, God. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there, there are certain lines and inflections where you turn around. Oh, that was red. He just yep. slipped right back into red. Yep. He just say Wontaneo'd that. I got gotcha. you. Yep, 100%. So I, I just the thing, like Patrick Dempsey, obviously he's not sure what he's doing there, and he's out of there pretty quick, which I love, you know? He gets billing <laughs> in the opening credits, so Makes good for no him. sense. I have no, yeah. I have no idea what that's about. Like, give Rudy t- some billing in the opening credits, too, at that point. <laughs> right. Well, and it was, But he was in that bizarre transition period between, like, dorky teenage star sort of gets the girl at the end of some movies to that, you know, McDreamy Grey's Anatomy part. I mean, he was literally coming off of a golden oldie for me with honors. Like, I love that movie. Oh, who does That's That's got one of those great casts where you're just like, all of you should become gigantic stars. None of you really did. Even Moira Kelly? Even Moira Kelly. Even Brendan Fraser. I'm sorry out there, Cutting Edge fans, West Wing Season 1 fans. <laughs> um, I, I have a soft spot for Moira Kelly, but... Uh, well, so do I. O-T-H. <laughs> Obviously. I'm sorry. Forgot about that. Um, he also did two episodes as JFK in the miniseries JFK Reckless Youth. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've never wanted to see a miniseries so bad oh my as God. when I saw that. Oh, shit. We got to do an episode on that one. Well, we got to find it first. So yeah, anybody out yeah. there who knows how we can get our hands on that, please <laughs> do not hesitate to let us know. I'm definitely going to ask the video store soon if they have that. <laughs> can I get a copy? God. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, this has this has just all those ingredients of that Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay yep. type yep. of just doesn't matter really what the story is or how much the story makes sense. There's going to be enough pace. There's going to be en- enough visuals to just kind of keep you going and before you know it hour 50 goes by and you're like yeah i had a pretty good time with that that was nice had a pretty good time had a pretty good time i honestly feels like some things could have been trimmed but it's it's fine overall it still definitely works definitely what's really funny to me is i thought if you had asked me if you had put me up to a lie detector test and said cole how does this movie start i would have 100 passed that test by saying it starts when Patrick Dempsey takes the monkey from the warehouse and like yeah. he's on the plane, whatever. And that happens 30 minutes into this movie. Exactly. The beginning of this film is, and I just want to set it up for the people because we both had the same reaction, I think, when we saw it. Oh, we did. Which was, that is one of the most fucked up beginnings to a movie I've ever seen in my life. It takes place in 1967. Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman. So McClintock and, and, and Ford. Go to this place in Zaire, uh, Motaba River Valley, and they're at a mercenary camp. There's everyone's dying. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna help you. Let me just take some blood." And then he's like, "Order it, Billy. We gotta get these fuck." And you're like, "Oh, cool. They're gonna give them some aid." No, they're gonna blow them up. They're gonna clean sweep their ass. Yeah, and that's what they dark, do. Dark, dark. This was the like if Michael Bay directed Apocalypse Now, you would have seen this scene. 
Yeah. It was at, like dark and and hard to watch and I was just like what the fuck I don't remember that at all. Yeah, no, it's very jarring. It's very it's very jarring. My only my biggest complaint about that scene though is where was the credence? I need me some credence during that. I know. They, they totally uh, dropped the ball on that. I, I'm assuming they didn't have the money after they got Morgan Freeman, Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, and everybody else <laughs> to be in this movie. Yeah. They were like, sorry, we have no musical budget. Yeah. Um, but w- what they transitioned to after that, and I have to bring this up, uh, particularly now with, you know, we're being told, like, you got to wash your hands and, and social distancing and all those things. We're at the... Uh, the U.S. Uh, Infectious Disease Lab. Yeah, the USAMRID. Yes. Nice. Which looks like the federal building that's in Laguna Niguel, honestly, on Alicia Parkway there. It looks exactly like it to me. Anyway, I feel side like note. All federal building- <laughs> I feel like all federal buildings look alike, but I hear you. Yeah. So they're taking you from level one to level two to level three to level Great four, Great tracking right? shot. Yep. A really good tracking shot, but I have one question for you. Explain to me why, as they not only tell you you're in level one and here's what's in level one and here's what's in level two and it's progressively worse and you need vaccines and there's no cures, whatever, that everyone who steps out of one of the rooms takes their mask off before they get out of the lab. That's a very good point. I didn't notice that. That's a great point. Every single one of them's like, oh, I've got this gas mask on. I'm in this lab. I can't touch shit. They like are getting ready to open the door and they rip their mask off and then they leave the laboratory. I'm like, that can't be right. I I feel like that's a break of protocol right there. (laughs) What is Hoffman doing, by the way? All he says to Russo is, you know, or to Robbie last day, huh? What they go in there. I don't, I I still don't know what he does. What, what does he do? He has this unearned confidence, like even at the end of the movie. And I really wanted Morgan Freeman. I wanted somebody to lay down and just like lay him out. Right. Yes. Because Morgan Freeman's telling him, like, look, we had the president. He was uh, being advised by a bunch of experts. And Dustin Hoffman's like, I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the room. And I just wanted Morgan Freeman (laughs) to go like, yeah, we said experts. You're a researcher at US AMRID. Like, that's what you are. So get your shit together. Every disease you see, chicken pox, hangnails. Oh, (laughs) hangnails. It's going to spread. Don't worry. I mean, here's the thing that gets me too, and I, I really, I hate that I'm railing. I'm a boy, you know. Dh, but, I love it, but don't don't you dare <laughs> give him the initials. Absolutely not. All right, my Hoff dog over here. Um, Jesus. Here's the thing. He's not an authoritative figure because I don't care who you are when you're four foot nine. It's really difficult to be seen as an authoritative figure, and also. When you're in the army and you're the only one that won't wear the uniform because you don't think a hat looks good on you. I read that too. And I was like, what a douche. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck? It just, it keeps taking me out of it. Every time I see him there, I'm like, you're just not good, man. You're not good in this role. I don't believe you for one second. And then we get to Kevin Spacey on the plane. And I'm like, I definitely don't believe you. Not at all. What are you doing? Eating that no. fucking candy bar, looking at Cuba Gooding Jr. like he's a tasty treat. I don't get it. He's like nibbling on the candy bar. <laughs> and I'm like, who's ever eaten a candy bar like that? Yeah, Nobody. No, no. Nobody has ever. Maybe I take big bites. I get that. But like, come on, man. Nobody just nibbles a little corner off a candy bar. Eat shit. <laughs> but 
like I, I, I actually love at the beginning of this movie where he goes over to Robbie's house, which again, the house is 90s. Like it has that oh, white God. plastic soffit that, yep. or, uh, yep. or faucet that everybody had, right? Uh-huh. Um, good day for beacons moving. Uh, they bought <laughs> yep. their way into this movie. Several films they've been in. <laughs> but, and also as a quick aside, she was moving all her stuff via the air fl- the airplane to Atlanta. Yeah. Like there's a lot of luggage going in that taxi. Oh yeah, for sure. And two dogs. And the dogs, she was just going to take the dog. I, I, I was very confused by the whole travel plan. Oh, Totally. Totally. Like, he's leaving because he has to go to Zaire for yeah. fucking four days. And he's like, yeah, I'll be back by Thursday, whatever. And then she's like, okay, I got to be in Atlanta. So, you know, I, we'll figure out with the dogs. He's like, yeah, take the dog. I don't, you know, they cover the dogs a little bit with him. Too much. Spacey, they, but get rid of the dogs. Get rid of the dog. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be there at all. I, I'm with you and I love dogs. And like, Dustin Hoffman is so bad in this movie. <laughs> That he's not even convincing at washing dogs. Because he pours half the water out of the tub. Well, not only does he pour the water out of the tub, but it's like, you got two St. Bernard's. Those aren't small. No. You got them covered in soap, and you're telling me your little little margarita maker (laughs) worth of water, you're just going to dump that, like, what, 700 of those later, you're going to have him rinse off? Come on, dipshit. No shit. Yeah, I'm not believing that at all. But I did, but like, he comes off as a complete asshole when she's like, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> when he's like, you got, you gave me all the pictures of us. I, I don't fucking want them. Okay, then whatever. Get out of my house. Like, yeah. just leave. Just go. Like, at some, like, when we are in the plane and we have Dustin Hoffman, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Kevin Spacey, three creeps in real life. Yeah, absolutely. This is Me Too, the movie. Yeah, this is like three total fucking creeps. All I'm thinking is kind of rooting for the virus. Sort of want the virus to come through. Do some work. Gets one of them. It does get one of them. Oh, God. I just... There are so few likable... Like, honestly, Rene Russo to me is the only likable character in this movie. Which is a testament to me really enjoying watching it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because I, I just... She's the only one who has her shit together. Who understands what's going on. Who isn't like Kevin Spacey when he's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm falling asleep. Then stop fucking working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your problem? And all he's doing in his vast knowledge and his ability and all that, whatever, he's looking at samples that they've taken from the town. And I was like, you got it. You got it. You got You're telling me an intern can't do that? What, what, well, what are we talking about here? According to some medical papers that I read in preparation for this, uh huh. that's not how you do this job. Okay. That's not how you determine. that. Apparently, the science, shocker, not great. Oh, you're telling me that because we found the host, which is hosting two strains of this, that we can take the E1101 that we've had for 30 years and we can, in 20 minutes, figure out that I can use this kind of thing to make another anti-serum for the strain that is now airborne and it's all good. Everyone's everyone's good. You're telling me that's not realistic? According to what I read, that is unlikely. Yeah, you think? Uh, it is unlikely that that would be the case. Uh, it also, uh, some of the scientists and infectious disease doctors that I uh, read their comments on the movie, they were a little unhappy because it made their job harder. And all I could think about was like criminal justice post CSI, where <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's not how fast that works. That's not, you're not, 
we're not solving like you can't go from we're going to bomb this city in four hours to find the host animal, get enough serum, like gallons and gallons and gallons of serum out of a cat sized animal. Exactly. uh, And cure the the disease. You can't do that. That's not. Well, I did read the original ending was to have the town blow up, right? So yeah, I read they that. had to change it. Fans didn't like it. I'll give them a little slack there. I mean, look, I'm not watching this film for story. I'm watching this film for get to the outbreak. It's a race against the clock. Let's see what keeps happening. And that's the funny part to me or the interesting part is even with that, even with that formula, it still lags at certain parts because they don't even know what to do. Like, they're grasping at straws. If it wasn't for the security guard that Dempsey paid off, they would have been fucked. They had no clue. Yeah. And I feel like there's probably an easier way to maybe get where they were going. But I do want to talk about some of the effects of the movie that I thought were particularly good. And I don't mean special effects. I mean the effect the movie had. (laughs) Because these are 90s special effects. Yes, they are. But, But, like, the coughing scene in the movie theater. That was good. That, like, makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, that's that's tough. Bonus that's point really if you can tell me what movie they were watching. Uh, Grease 2? No, close. What's up, Doc? That was on the marquee. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought that was nice. Wow, I failed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't hit me with those pop quizzes in front of people. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, you know, just, just uh, seeing how much you were paying attention. It was actually a Tom and Jerry, I guess, cartoon was on the screen at the time. But the marquee said, what's up, Doc? See, I don't actually bring any real knowledge, just (laughs) stupid facts. Well, you are bringing heat tonight because you've just got me going, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's true. That's true. I want to cover, though, how Sam is like, I looked at this thing for about five minutes in Zaire. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I mean, you saw people dead. I'm sure when you saw Ebola, you saw them dead. And you're going off of what this guy said for, I don't know what the incubation period is, but people die real quick. Oh, by the way, there's a witch doctor. We're going to show him twice, but we're never going to actually talk to him. I feel like there were some scenes cut with the witch doctor. Well, he, he's he got to be in the movie with the dogs. He's another, <laughs> yep. he's another part of this movie where you're like, I'm not saying I'm not interested in the dogs. And I'm not saying I'm not interested in the witch doctor. I'm saying that if that's what you're going to do with them, get them the fuck out of my movie. This is yeah. more Tiana from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like, exactly. I'm not, not, not interested, but if you're not going to use it right. Um, yeah, it, it was, I, I could have used, if we're going to waste time, okay, let's just say we're not going to cut time out of the movie. Let's just show more interesting shit. Yep. I want to see how long they spend in the village because he flies to Zaire, right? And he says, I'm going to be gone four days. So let's say it takes 18 hours to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. So they're there for like three days. Three days, four days even. Because he's late by like two days, right? Yeah. So what do they do there? I think that's interesting. Because he's there long enough to maybe say this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Sort of like, I'm assuming they would have cut open one of the bodies to see what happened when Rene Russo cut open Jimbo. Mm-hmm. And he could have been like, this whole body, like her discovery with Jimbo... Should have been, oh my God, the whole body's destroyed. And then she could have confirmed with him and be like, that's the same thing. That's the same shit I saw in Zaire. Well, and here's the thing that gets me about what you said, which I completely agree with. And saying I was gone four days or extra. When they get back, when they show the next scene after he talks to uh, the guy who's 
in charge in the village there and he says, yeah, this guy was building this road and the water and all that. When they flash back to the plane, when they're flying back, Cuba Gooding Jr. is apologizing for losing his shit, which just happened. That wasn't that wasn't five days ago. That was just so what the exactly. Fuck? That's exactly I. That, and these are the timing problems where if you are watching it, you're like, is, how is he late? Like, does none of this make sense? Exactly. And but what does Sam do for those four days? You're you're a very good question. I can tell you the answer. Nothing because he's not good at his job and he's awful. He's not good at his job. No, at all. No, not and, at all. You know, I love how uh, uh, what's his name? Casey, right? Casey is uh, Kevin Spacey's character. Correct. Tries to set up Sam as like some hard ass, right? Where mm-hmm. he's like, and those are just some of the uh, orders he's gonna follow. Like, <sighs> fuck off. Like, like Hoffman's hard. Give me a break. Yep. There's certain people. It's just look. Stephen Dorff is four foot three, but he can seem hard. Dustin Hoffman, you can't do it. <laughs> that I think people, you just heard the first time Stephen Dorff has ever been compared to Dustin Hoffman. There you go. The I can't. Only- I can't be sure on that, but I feel confident in saying that out loud. Yep. Watch Backbeat, people. Backbeat's a very good film with, with Stephen Dorff. I was afraid, honestly, you were going to come into this episode like, no, dude, Hoffman was really good. Like, he was he was holding it strong. And, you know, you impressed me tonight, <laughs> Well, I think after you, I think you recommended Big Chill to someone I saw. And I think I what did you not. Forgot, oh, you did not. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. I, I would never recommend that movie. Oh, okay. Because you know it's KC's best performance ever? Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off. All right. No, uh, what that was is uh, Caleb, one of our listeners, was asking. He sent. He tweeted out three movies, and he's like, which one of these do you think I haven't seen? And so I guessed one, and I was wrong, and said, well, then I hope you haven't seen The Big Chill, because, and I, I don't like The Big Chill. Great soundtrack, though. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And the one of the reasons I hate The Big Chill is because the editor didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's one of the best films, according to a lot of people, and they celebrated it and all that stuff. You what know, people? What people? I've heard people. Just t- people. You've heard talk. people. Yeah. People in Mutaba. Let's move on. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just this movie has so many holes that don't make. It's not even that they don't make sense. It's that they don't even need to be there. You don't even have to fill the hole. You can just get rid of it. Right. You can just get rid of the hole in its entirety. Do you think, because this film feels like it's touching on a, a bigger point at times. It, it goes almost to the edge and then backs off. The bigger point of, we are fucking with a natural habitat and we don't even realize the damage that we're doing because we're unleashing these things that have been in this kind of ecosystem for, right. we don't know how long, and they survive there. Like, my question and I've talked to a doctor about this as recently as this evening, is this monkey has both strains in it, but they're both active because he still has them, right? They're not all dead, but he has the antibodies. So is this monkey's body just constantly fighting off this fucking disease? It's like Deadpool, where Deadpool has cancer that's real aggressive, but he also has that healing repair factor that is constantly killing the cancer cells. I think that's what we got here. I think the monkey is like Deadpool, and they're basically kind of giving you the point of, well, he kind of says it in this in this one line about cutting down the trees. You see, he believes that the gods were awoken from their sleep by the men cutting down the trees where no men should be, and the gods got angry. This is a punishment. Yeah, 
man shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be fucking with this shit. This is some scary ass shit. Well, and that's another thing like Contagion gets into. You know, you find out at the end, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, company is the one that's been knocking all the bats out of the trees. There you go. You know, by deforcing and stuff like that. I think that you hit right on what I was sort of trying to talk about, but wasn't saying it correctly, which was these holes. Like, really, it's these offshoot storylines that just get rid of it. Like, don't try to. I don't need to talk about this as a biological weapon. Mm -hmm. We don't have to talk about like, I think this is perfectly fine as simply a cover up movie. Yep. Right. As, as a cover up of this war crime that was committed back in 1967, not this sort of, let's just toss on this biological weapon development with general McClintock, then try like to bomb an American. It just, it just got, I think, a little too convoluted for... It's not that it's hard to follow. It just is like, really? this. Now we're just throwing shit on top of other shit. Um, but I really want to ask, do we have a minute to talk about Patrick Dempsey's aesthetic in this movie? Oh, yeah, we do. Go right ahead. Because I think we got to take a little time here. The hair... <laughs> we got some Thomas Hayden Church with the hair here. This is on fire. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, we got, obviously, the uh, chain earring... Love it. We've got we got the the leather jacket with the uh, the flannel tied around. Like it was just again another part of the movie. that's just nineties on nineties on nineties. Like it, was it could Matt not Dylan in singles. Yes. Oh, great pull. And I also <laughs> want to know: Can you tell me why the fuck he's driving a car from Guys and Dolls? I had no fucking clue. I don't know if it's a Studebaker <laughs> or what it is, but I'm like, why are you driving that fucking thing? Did, did you like? Did you just steal this from the set of Dick Tracy? What and the I, fuck? Here's my quick question, and and I know maybe I sound like a fucking moron, and everyone out there is like, Jed, you're so stupid. Did you watch the movie? He wasn't on the ship. No, he worked at the at the place. But why was he flying back to Boston? You can't get a job like that in Boston. What What do you? I don't. What? I, that's what I didn't understand. But like, what? What is? What is your function here? Why are you doing this in California? And then flying back to Boston, there's a harbor there because of the Tea Party hashtag history. Oh, man, I don't even need to be here tonight. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this performance is legendary. I also wanted to ask you about the smuggling operation. Uh, it feels like a lot of overhead for a monkey. So I don't know if a capuchin monkey's street value is like 150k, uh, <laughs> but it feels weird that because we know that he worked at this lab in San Francisco. Yes, we know that he worked there. Then he gets to fly all the way, like they fly him all the way to Boston to deliver. This monkey. Well, no, he he released the monkey because he tried to he tried to get, put it in Cedar Creek to Rudy's because Rudy right. wanted the monkey because he wanted a breeder wanted the monkey. And that's right. No, yeah. he lives in Boston. He yeah, lives in Boston. That's right. So I'm wondering, he like, lives in what the fuck are you doing working over here? Yeah. No. Excellent point. Excellent Driving point. a forklift. Like what? Uh, that's all good points. <laughs> all good points. No uh, Jimbo, though. His name's Jimbo, Jimbo. so you Has know. Has there ever been a more aptly named character than Patrick Dempsey as Jimbo? And if you're new to watching movies, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> secondly, if there's a character in the movie named Jimbo, he is not long for this world. Okay, <laughs> don't waste your time rooting for Jimbo. Like, not only, I get it if his girlfriend is like, hey, Jimbo, what's up? They call him Jimbo in the hospital. Yep. Yeah, he's credited as Jimbo on IMDb. And then, like, when they're analyzing 
like tracking the disease. They're like, okay, we've got it with Rudy, then Jimbo. <laughs> then Jimbo. Then, like, not just Jim, not Jim. Mm-hmm. It's always Jimbo. Yep. Yeah. And all I can think about when they say Jimbo is I grew up in uh, Pekin, Illinois, and there was a restaurant called Jimbo's. I believe it's called Jimbo's Jumbo. Not sure if it's still there, but shout out Pekin. Was that some uh, fine seafood? Is that what Jimbo liked to serve? Yes. Yeah. Oh, really good seafood restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I, I like Dempsey's character. I, I don't know why Dempsey's in the movie. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Small character. It's so weird. But I. I also think he's, like, good. Oh, he's very good. Like, on the plane, I got to talk about the mom on the plane. Uh-huh. I got issues with the mom on the plane. Yeah. And the sheriff. Because, well, because Jimbo n- doesn't look good. Nope. Okay? I'm not nope. going to lie. He looks ill. Yeah. Luckily, no one was sitting in his row. Uh-huh. That was a good break for people around him. Very, very, very good break. Takes a bite of a chocolate chip cookie that your ass is not getting in coach anymore. No. Like, I think you might have to be a CEO to get a cookie that good. <laughs> but he takes a bite of it and he lets it down there. Then this kid, dressed like it's fucking Halloween, <laughs> runs down the aisle and just is apparently foraging for people's food uh-huh. on an airplane. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that one on the parents, not on the mom specifically. That's a mom dad issue, whatever. But my problem with the mom comes because Jimbo, whose insides are melting because of the Mataba virus. Yes, they are, literally. Attempts to actually be funny and nice to the kid. Yeah, he does. And he says this. You can have it, Sheriff. No, 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 no. Bobby, don't bother the nice man. There's no problem. Now, I don't want no trouble with the law. So after he says, I don't want any trouble with the law, the mom like gives him the side eye like, you fucking pervert. And I'm like, whoa, you're the one letting your kid dress up in costumes to go on a flight, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't need the attitude, lady. My eyes are bleeding, okay? And I frankly, I could have dealt with a little bit more. Like, I feel like she was probably trying to play like, oh my God, I'm scared this guy looks sick. It came off as... Like, either how dare you make fun of my kid? How dare you talk to my kid? How about how dare your kid come and try and steal my cookies? No shit. Let's not do that. I don't share food, okay? (laughs) I I was particularly offended by that entire little mini storyline. Hashtag Panera. (laughs) Um. Oh, that's a deep cut, man. (laughs) My question for you. And I'm going to put you on the spot here once again. Well, that's that's sort of the theme of this episode. (laughs) Let's say Jess... Comes back from a trip. She's on the plane. And you greet her at Uh the airport. And she comes off that plane looking like Jimbo does. Is the first thing you do make out with her? Yes. (laughs) Okay. 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 Good. good I would probably question where she got the five o'clock shadow. If she's looking (laughs) just like Jimbo. I'm saying profusely sweating, obviously weak. Definitely has some eyes. kind of illness. Are you like, well, I got to get my I gotta get my French kiss on. I got to, whatever you well, have, I need some of that. I got to swap it. It's all good. I know you work in a biotech facility with all kinds of weird shit that comes in. I know you, I know you smuggle animals. I know you're an animal smuggler from Africa. Definitely going to go in for that hardcore kiss with the 360 spin of the camera. And I mean, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Love it. Love it. <laughs> By the way, 
There's a bad beat for monkeys in this movie. It really is. I and mean... The, here's the thing. Best performance in the movie is by the monkey. The monkeys are good. Very good. The monkey that's playing sick, that's the best acting in the entire film. Yeah. That monkey, I read some things about how they did stuff with those monkeys. Yeah. Um, the monkey trainer was very good. Don't worry. Uh, no monkeys were harmed. That was... Uh, uh, some just red coloring that they put on. No sick monkeys. They did not shoot a monkey with a tranquilizer. Um, no, these are good monkeys. Yeah. These were definitely good monkeys. Uh, I see why they brought Betsy back for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I do want to say that I, I thought the pacing, particularly at the beginning of the movie, really the first 35, 40 minutes is unbelievable. I mean, it is oh, yeah. not fucking around. Not at it all. Is Scene to scene to scene, and every scene is accomplishing something. Yep, which is awesome. Uh, I love how we watch the disease not just manifest itself, but the disease work its way through society. Where we've got some in Boston, we got some in Cedar Creek. We know from the uh, Ty Cook uh, Seattle ship that that guy feeding the banana. There's going to be something there yep. eventually. Absolutely. We, we know all that stuff. The guy, I think his name's Henry, right? The moron who is doing the blood and just like... who Who's putting their their hand in a centrifuge? That's what I'm that's wondering. moving. It's just like, oh, I know it's in their blood. Let me just... Oh, I got it all over me. You deserve to die. You you totally do. You to- All those people at the movie theater that you infect, like, why are you going to the movies like that? I guess if I'll have any message from this podcast is, if you're feeling sick, stay home. Stay home. It's okay. Just stay fucking home. You don't need to go see What's Up, Doc. You can rent that bitch. It's been out for years. You don't. And if you can't find it, you got podcasts. Cigarette burns. It's really good. <laughs> and what is the what is the girlfriend doing? Coming and visiting him. Obviously showing symptoms. The doctor's like, the doctor who's another moron for the town. You're gonna be fine, Henry. You're gonna be no, fine. Don't worry. No, we caught not. it early. We caught it early. Yeah, we caught it. Your girlfriend looks like shit, but we're not gonna admit her because she's probably fine. Well, and. and- I did, like, the doctor who was like, you're going to be fine. Like, I maybe some bedside stuff, but, like, no, you're not. No. Uh, he's in, He's just, like, flipping through a book in his office. Mm-hmm. Like that. <laughs> he's fucking desperate. He, he does. Call the CDC right away. Well, and then they follow the nurse out, and we got some Scott Wolf lookalike having a seizure <laughs> on the ground, like, really going for it. Like, I think this year they may give, like, a stunt Oscar or something, <laughs> and I just, for your consideration. How was nobody infected at Logan? I just, I mean, come on. It wasn't airborne by then because he didn't have the airborne strain, right. I guess. Rudy right. Rudy got that from, I like how the monkey's like, I'll pick whichever strain I want to give you, bitch. Yeah, I airborne. don't know how all that works. There we go. I don't know how that works. Yep. I'm going to take that one on faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, he gets into Billy, or Sam like starts having this, these arguments with Billy that, I don't know to, to you, they felt way out of like left field to me. Oh, totally. Totally felt out of left field. He's pissed at Billy from jump. Uh-huh. Where he's like, I'm going to be pissed at you for the rest of the movie because I called you from Zaire and said, put the country on lockdown and you didn't do it. So I'm going to come find you at some party with what looks to be either the largest pour of scotch I have ever <laughs> yes. seen in my life yes. or a beer because there's a little foam at the top or there's like there's some fizz at the top, which I'm like, why would you ever put a beer in that? Like, I'm so confused I don't want to hit on production design too hard, but what the fuck is that? I mean, here's the thing. I got to play this. I'm going to do my impersonation real quick, my little line reading of it, and then we're going to play it so we can hear. I know what you're going to do. You're going to do him ripping into Billy, right? Deep fucking shit. 
Deep fucking shit. No, we're not doing it because I just drove through a hundred people. And if one of them has got it, then ten of them have got it. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, Billy, then we're in deep fucking shit. And we're already in deep fucking shit. And if you're going to arrest me, arrest me now. It's perfect. It's perfect. So bad, man. Like that's... No, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> like, D. Hoff, what are you doing, dog? Like, come on, man. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. hate to burst your bubble, but he's doing what he does. No, he's not. No, he's not. Here's, here's the thing you got to learn about my man. Uh-huh. Great supporting actor. Great yeah. supporting actor. Every yeah, when role. he's in the movie less, it's better. Rain Man, phenomenal performance. Kramer versus Kramer, phenomenal performance. Kind of was the lead, but had a lot of great supporting actors in that one. But Rain Man, sidebar here for one second. Tom Cruise deserves a hell of a lot more credit than he gets for the performance that he put on in Rain Man because he had to be the straight man to this character doing some crazy outlandish performance stuff and he had to hold it all together and Tom Cruise doesn't get nearly enough credit. I think Tom Cruise doesn't get enough credit for his 80s and very early 90s stuff because he did some great performances. Uh, Last week we talked about The Color of Money a little bit. Um, You know, he did some great performances and when the Academy ignored him, he's like, cool, I'll just be action guy. And since he's been action guy for 25 straight years, I think it's easy to forget he did some really good roles and, and, and was a very good actor. Um, I hope he's got some of that left in him. That being said, I'm also kind of out on Tom Cruise. Cause, um, you know, that's some crazy shit. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Not as crazy as the scene with the people trying to escape the town that came out of left field. And I don't need that scene. Well, I, I don't need that scene. And I honestly don't need the scene. I, I get the panic and I understand that they're trying to show the panic. But I also feel like if it's a small community and they see that like half the community is dying within two days, I imagine there may be an understanding as opposed to hundreds of people out on the street like trying to jump on tanks and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that felt rushed to me to the point where like they said, hey, we need we need a containment zone. And boom, we got barbed wire fences oh, three yeah. miles out. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just on. And, you know, they have the people trying to run away and and drive away and, and they end up killing, I believe it's one of the cars, right? Yeah, they shoot up. Not the one with the kids. They'd be sure to not do that, but the lead car. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the military presence is huge, but what kind of took me out of the movie a little bit, I don't know if you felt the same way, is in showing the town getting locked down and people kind of going crazy and all this stuff. Where was the toilet paper hoarding? Oh, that's at Costco. They did not. They <laughs> cut the Costco scene. Did they cut the Costco scene? Because I'm just wondering, like, it seems like there's an alarming lack of Purell and toilet paper in this film. <laughs> so, so okay. Uh, another sidebar. Uh, just because we're all going through this incredibly weird time. And I don't know about you. I have been to the store a couple of times in the last week trying to get just enough stuff to where like Jess and I don't have to go out all the time. And we're doing some uh, shopping for my in-laws and things like that. Um, And luckily, we just happened to have like enough. We had toilet paper and, you know, I I don't necessarily need to go get 700 things of it. But it's not I get that soup is gone and like pasta is gone. I don't know if that's how it is in L.A. It is. Um you know, no toilet paper, no paper towels, but like, man, all the Ritz crackers are gone. Mm-hmm. 
What's with the run on Ritz crackers? Yep. Yep. That that hurts me. I don't know if you also experienced this, but does your significant other, um, if you try to break into some of this quarantine food, get mad at you like, we need that food for quarantine. We're in quarantine. That's what we're that's why I'm eating yeah. it now. That's No, no. We've had a very good time. <laughs> Uh, like buying food that we're like, well, since we're going to have to be inside for a long time, Cole thought it'd be a good idea to be like, I mean, we never have Oreos in the house. Oh, so well bought some Oreos and you see me around Oreos. Those lasted all three minutes. Well, I mean, it's not my fault that one serving is a pack of Oreos. (laughs) That's not my fault. That's what it says on the package. If you look at the caloric intake, that's really what it means. When it says two cookies, it means whole package. That's what that means. (laughs) And it feels better when you eat it standing next to the stationary bike in your house. Oh, yeah. No, no. You got to put it on the Peloton somewhere. <laughs> what? See, the seat on the Peloton sits almost a perfect full pack of Oreos. So you can just stand next to it while you're watching TV and just just pick right out of them. So Here's it the all thing works. about the Peloton is, and another sidebar here, when you work out on it for a year, you lose like seven pounds based on that commercial. So, I mean, it's really not that yeah. big of a deal. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, if you start out at 3% body fat, there's really nowhere to go. But All right, man, we got to get we got to get back to Let's this get movie. back okay. to this. So this all town right. is under fucking lockdown. <laughs> Shit's crazy. Sam finally figures out because he sees E1101 and he figures out, okay, some shit's going on. Billy had E1101. They've synthesized this thing from back in like... Did you hear what Billy told him to do? He's like, "No, nah, it's a Yale thing." Yeah. It's like a Yale experiment. I read thing. the journals. I read the trades. I didn't see shit about this. I read the trades. I read Variety this week. You're in deep I, it fucking wasn't shit. In there. Deep fucking shit. Deep fucking shit. <laughs> so I. <laughs> every time Hoffman gets mad, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> so obviously, Morgan Freeman, Billy's character, you know, Billy, he has some kind of a moral compass here, and he knows McClintock. They've been wanting to keep this biological weapon. They found Mister Motaba, sixty-seven. They're like, one day, man, that's we can do some damage with this bitch, so let's synthesize this E-1101. We've got it on lock. Yep. But the thing is, it's not working because of the mutation. And the mutation allows it to become airborne, which that's a heavily dramatic scene with Hoffman looking through the vents, and then all this shit happens. Anyway, Casey's suit also rips when he's doing some research. As we said, he's tired. He's basically going to die, and he does die. Good. I was glad to get rid of him because that's such a bad performance anyway. But again, Sam is telling the CDC guys what to do. We don't work for you, man. We get it. We know what we're doing. Yes. All right. I'm sorry that we can't find one animal. Okay. (laughs) We're looking. It's hard. All right. As the movie tries to end itself. Yes. We sort of get reintroduced to Cuba Gooding Jr. Because like he's a major part. Oh, my God. In the first... In that, like, middle 25 minutes where, like, he goes to Zaire, he's the first one in the lab doing the test. He's the one who maps and finds the actual Motaba, yep, Mr. Uh, Motaba. disease, which is apparently a picture of Ebola, I believe. Yes, that's I read that as well. Good research. It's, it's like, he's an integral part of this team, this crew. And you keep hearing Hoffman, like, my crew, I gotta get my crew, this is my crew. And then Cuba Gooding Jr., fucking gone. Yep. Totally. Until at the very end where he's like, hey, you uh, you flew, right? He's like, yeah, 60 hours. Okay. Uh, how many in the air? Uh, yanking and banking. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is anybody out there a helicopter pilot? 
Because if you are, just let me know that that's a thing. Because if that's not a thing, that's the most hilarious fucking, <laughs> I think this is what a pilot dialogue that's ever existed. Yeah. So yeah. Cuba and him commandeer this helo. <laughs> and they yank and bank all the way to wherever the fuck they yank and bank to. They take hostage a local television station. Yes, they do. This is all the same movie, by the way. This is what's <laughs> crazy to me in this fucking film. They're in there. They fucking hop down. I love how the cops just get at it, just get there in time for them to fly away. They're at the news station, though, and they're just like, if you've seen a monkey? And the mom, <laughs> the mom who's like, my daughter talked about a monkey that she saw she was drawing a picture (laughs) this is where i'm like they're like we know we need to wrap this shit up yeah so let's wrap this shit up well and and like did cuba need the gun at the tv station no feels like cuba could have just walked in and been like look and i get that they had like the pictures of him and everything but could have been like look this has to do with curing this Mataba virus y'all been talking about for, and we don't know how long they've been there. Yeah. But it feels like that they, you know, not everybody in the town has died yet. So it has to be days. So they like cure this whole fucking thing in a couple of days. But he comes in with the gun. It's just so out of control crazy. Oh, totally. And then they say, and this is really awesome. <laughs> if you have seen a monkey mm-hmm. that looks like not your regular neighborhood monkey. <laughs> Please call the CDC at this number. So this person, Miss White Lady, picks up the phone and is like, I do recognize a bizarre monkey. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it or anything, but my daughter either has an imaginary friend or a very infectious friend. Yes. And the CDC then called him? That's the thing. Well, they obviously, because Robbie just does whatever he says, and so the CDC is probably on notice that just just call Sam. But we did skip over one quick thing with Mrs. Pananini. Oh, I love Mrs. <laughs> Pananini. That's it. There it is. Thank you, Mrs. What's her name? Pananini. Thank you, ma'am. I mean, the delivery of probably closer than his wife would his like. Wife, yeah. I love her. I, I love, love her, her too. Of course, she I has a friend her. in the Coast Guard because. We have to wrap this plot up. Who doesn't have friends? Oh, uh, you need to know where this random ship is in the Pacific Ocean? Yeah. And the stunt guy for uh, Dehoff, about two feet taller than him. Mm-hmm. That's not, and that's not great camera work there. Oh, Wolfie. It, it's not a well-filmed scene. Nope. Nope. It's, uh, it's not, and not necessary, honestly, because we could have had fucking Jimbo take a picture of him and they go to Jimbo's apartment and Jimbo just has a picture of the of the guy. I mean, something. You know what I mean? Of the monkey. Anyway. Yeah. The mom seeing it, the giant bowl of apples, too, that she gives the daughter as a snack. That's a giant so bowl of many, apples. So many apples. A lot of apples. A lot of apples. Yeah. yeah. I got a number. I got a n- <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. What am I even doing here tonight? Jesus Christ. Oh, the quarantine done you good, son. So, as you said, they take over that fucking newsroom. They go over and they convince the family to use the little girl as bait. What kind of psychotic parenting is like, oh, uh, the monkey you're looking for has the most infectious and deadly disease known to mankind. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. So you understand that. 
what we're going to need is your daughter, looks to be your only child, if she could put that in her hand. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, do you, do you think, though, no, do you think maybe instead of in her hand, um, just in case, like, the monkey scratches her uh, or bites her, maybe we could put it, like, on a long stick and she could at least hold it out? Um, no, uh, that will not work. She needs to hold it in her hand, preferably almost entirely in the palm of her hand, so only a little bit of the apple is exposed. So uh, that will actually, yes, that will increase the likelihood she is bitten, but really it's... For the good of Cedar Creek, uh, California. I'm sorry, where is that? Not near here. Not no. near here. Um, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Cuba over there, hell of a shot with a trank gun. Oh, no. It's a big time shot. Real shitty editing in that scene, by the way. Not good. Horrible editing. Here, Betsy. Here, Betsy girl. <laughs> here, Betsy. She named her fucking Betsy. I mean, that kid's priceless. That's just good stuff right there. It's weird to me that she named her Betsy, which I believe is exactly what Patrick Dempsey was calling her. Is that true? I think so. Wow, that would be insane. That would be That's insane. just a crazy coincidence. I think this monkey can talk. Uh, I may have made that up, but I feel like that's what he called her. So that's what we're going with. Uh, but yeah, bizarre. Another weird plan. But mm-hmm. then like, boom, we got Betsy. Throw her in the duffel. Yep. Get her in the back there. Hopefully that tranquilizer lasts because if she wakes up and she's mad, oh, Mr. Motaba about to go on your ass. <laughs> you don't want that, okay? You I was just that like, shit. that's a that's a better movie. Yes, yes, yes. Obviously, helicopter, they get back there, they got the chase, all that kind of shit. The, and I'm going to skip over all that because that goes on way too long, in my opinion. Oh, so long. <laughs> this is, yes, way too long. But what I want to get to is, again, every time I'm watching it, I'm like, okay. This is Sam's shining moment because he's such a genius. We're finally going to see it. He's going to synthesize this anti-serum and take it. No, uh, you, Johns Hopkins, rookie, yeah, flying yeah. the helicopter, doing everything. Just go synthesize this in 20 minutes. No. I have to go let my infected ex-wife touch my fucking face. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, one thing about this, uh, this vaccine, this anti-serum, this whatever is all of these people are, like, on the verge of death. And apparently uh, Major Salt, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, is able to squeeze 50, 60, 70 gallons of this stuff (laughs) out of this little monkey. Yep. And uh, apparently not only does it cure the disease so that you won't die, I guess it repairs all your organs. Well, that's the shit that I don't get is, like, if you kill it, are your cells just going to be like, well, now we know how to do our thing? Yeah, I don't think, like, you you made the Deadpool uh, analogy earlier. <laughs> Apparently, that's what it is. Yeah. Apparently, he got, like, E1101B. That's what he got mm-hmm. in the basement. Because it cures not just the fact that you won't die, but, like, yeah, you're just, you can just walk out now. You were on the verge of death 11 and a half minutes ago. Yeah. Now you can go home to your family. Number six twelve, the mom <laughs> the with mom. the kid playing the board yep. games. Yep. By the way, the mom definitely punching below her weight class there. Like I did yes. that's just not a good like he he scored no. with that one. Yeah, he had a he had like a knee injury or something. Yeah, I'm, something I'm thinking. happened. Yeah. Yep. He was like a minor league baseball player and uh-huh. tore the old ACL. Yep. <laughs> he's now he's selling insurance. Yep. I everything it has this kind of fucking weird Happy yet, when you think about it, fucked up ending because Billy relieves McClintock and arrests him. Okay, 
good. Billy also deserved to be arrested. By the way, they've been trying to arrest Daniels, the Hoff, Hoff's character, for the entire movie. And I don't know much about the army, but I'm going to act like I do. Sure. I don't think that all is forgiven just because it works out in the end. I think you still went against orders numerous times and you will still be arrested and put in military jail. Maybe Aaron can chime in with something on that one. I don't know. She might know about that. <laughs> I I will say this. I, I watched this documentary. This was probably like 10 years ago, and it was it was about military justice. It was called In the Army Now. Oh, and um, so I think you are allowed in extreme circumstances, like if you're stuck in the desert with David Allen Greer, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Got it. So, Got it. Um, that's how I think that would work out. But again, we do have a unique circumstance where, uh, we can just ask Aaron how Jag would, uh, take care of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, the, the movie ends on this sort of, like you said, you, you kind of said it perfectly, this weird note where you're like, yeah, it's a happy ending, but it just fucking ends. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, that's it. this is one of, this is one of those movies that you do want to see like six months later. Like I, I kind of need that because you you made me sort of swallow a bunch of stuff that was superfluous. Yeah, I, I would like I get, like give me a fucking resolution here. Like I don't need this. Isn't the Goodwill Hunting ending where I don't need to see him get to California? I don't care. Exactly. I can tell you what happens six months later. You ready for it? Oh, I can't wait. There's like a fucking I don't know raccoon or something that the monkey bit, and that raccoon is now a carrier. I was going to ask you that question. Mm-hmm. Was like. Don't you think that this monkey has come into contact with something? Yes. And by the way, there's no way that girl does not have Motaba. Of course. Because he didn't have to scratch. He never scratched Patrick Dempsey. He just spit in his face. He spit at him. He spit at him. He never scratched the guy giving him the uh, banana on the ship. No. Not that we know of. Right. But like... we. You just looks like as long as you're touching. Yeah. And you know she's like touched his, the monkey's face when she's been feeding it apples. Exactly. Just all the apples. Yeah. Jesus. It'd be hilarious if they just forgot about the little girl. They give everyone in Cedar Creek the antidote and they're like, well, we're good to go here. You know, <laughs> hey, well, um, she's still fucked over here. So well, and I think I think if they were going for a slightly either. I don't want to say realistic because I think it's unrealistic to think that the government would bomb a city three days into its outbreak. Um, but it seems like it would just be like, we'll try to cure everybody and work on the disease. And if it kills everybody, it kills everybody. But let's contain everything. Yeah. It would be more interesting if they wanted a slightly darker ending to, yay, we cured everybody in Cedar Creek. And then we see that girl, like the last scene is that girl in her bed. With, like, the red eyes and sweating or something like that. Kind of like um, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes kind of thing, or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, whichever the first one was, where now the virus that the apes had is spreading because that pilot who lived next door to Caesar got it and all that stuff. That's the kind of ending. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume I have not seen that film, but sure. It's a good It's a good trilogy. It's not the greatest, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. So anything else to say about Outbreak? No, fun movie. Yeah. While you're stuck at home, watch it. It's not nearly as scary as Contagion, I'll tell you that much, because it's fucking no. hilarious. No, th- there's there's a lot in this movie. Like, I do genuinely enjoy the tone. Um, it was very weird to me to, like, click on Netflix. And the, the reason that we kind of thought about this was 
you know, I throw on Netflix, I'm like, number two movie in the nation yeah. outbreak. I'm like, that's, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then watched and I was like, that is a thoroughly enjoyable movie for all of its badness. Yep. Yep. Stand out for me, like MVP, no questions asked, Renee Russo. She's super underused. She's super underused. I totally agree with you. I really love Major Salt because Major Salt evidently is the rookie that can do everything and has to do everything. And I, I like Cuba's performance in this film. I'll be well, honest with you. And and oh, I think he's good in this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that it's if we have the 2020 version of this movie, Major Salt is the main character. Yes. And he's the one at the beginning of the movie who's like, I know all this shit. I know all this shit. And I think it's Hoffman and Casey and Ford and all of them that are saying, no, kid, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. And I think he's the one who puts everything together and solves it. You know, I, I really think when the remake of this movie comes out, because um, there will undoubtedly be God knows how many movies about outbreaks and pandemics coming off of COVID-19. Of course. That's that's what's going to happen. But and the other thing I did want to mention, actually, was... Uh, we talked about Dempsey's aesthetic. We talked about what a douche Dustin Hoffman is because he doesn't want to wear a hat because he looks like a moron. <laughs> I like that they really didn't, they didn't sexualize Rene Russo in this movie at all. No, not at all. Uh, that's another mistake that I think the 2002 version of this movie is like she's always wearing super form-fitting stuff and everything. Like there was no sexualization of her in this film at all. I mean, she's a beautiful woman, but it's not. It, that's not the point of her character. Yeah. is hot doctor. No, it's. It's subservient doctor who just listens to whatever the fuck Sam says. God. Oh, that scene where he's like, she's like, my people know what they're doing. And he's just like, you do it again and you do it again. I'm like, please, somebody prick him with a needle. Anybody? Anybody got one? Just do it. And then Kevin Spacey, the Casey character, just makes light of it. Welcome home. Fuck off, dude. Yeah. Eat shit. So uh, on that eat shit note, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> I do, on and I really outbreak? hope I don't step on any of yours. But I have uh, I have five here. Okay. Wow. Okay. Actually, I have four because yeah. we're already recommending Contagion. That's yeah. out there. Uh, I'm going to recommend The Rock, another biological terror weapon movie, which I love. Michael Bay, uh, The Andromeda Strain. Haven't seen that in years. I think it holds up. I don't think it would borderline humorous at this point, but it's 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 good. It's very it's very entertaining, but it's from the seventies, so you know, it might be a little dated. Papillon, Dustin Hoffman oh, film wow. with Steve McQueen that I fucking love. Didn't even watch the Rami Malik, uh Charlie Hunnam remake, mainly because the original's so damn good. I love that movie. And for a Rene Russo classic, which is kind of a race against the clock in a way, put on Ransom with Mel Gibson. It's really, really good. Gary Sinise, great movie. Excellent thriller. No, those those were good. I did have The Rock. Um, okay. But other than that, I have Armageddon. Love uh, it. Another, obviously, end of the war movie, uh, end of the world movie. But it's so bad. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> yes, it is. Like it's fantastic. If uh, you've got time to watch it twice, watch it, enjoy it, and then throw on that director's commentary. Oh boy, just for Ben Affleck. Yeah. By the way, he doesn't shy away from that. I saw his Vanity Fair like. Here's my life in movies, whatever they do, that career retrospective. Yeah. He he didn't miss an opportunity when he talked about Armageddon to talk about how we couldn't just take astronauts and teach them how to drill. Had to <laughs> right. throw it in there again. <laughs> um, For Rene Russo, I'm going to tell you, watch Get Shorty. It, first of all, it's just such a good movie. Um, But yes, she's fantastic in it. I'm also uh, wrecking Thomas Crown Affair because it's 
of the remakes of movies from the 60s and 70s, that movie is spectacularly good. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly fun. It's the heist is intense. It's sexy. It's a thriller. It's it's awesome. Um, so those are my recommendations. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Another episode of Cigarette Burns. We hope you guys are staying safe out there in all honesty. We hope this provides some entertainment and maybe, you know, just a little reprieve from everything that's going on. But, you know, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, try to stay safe. And you can email us at cigaretteburnspodcast at yahoo.com. You can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at sigburnspod. We've been loving all the feedback. Well, I will say both of us have, but Cole's the one that responds and runs the Twitter stuff. So uh, <laughs> whenever he talks shit about me, that's definitely not me talking shit about myself. So um, <laughs> we love all the interactions and everything, guys. But uh, Cole, you got anything to add? No, I'll, the only thing I would add is uh, if you guys can go out there, rate and review us. Um, apparently, again, that helps for whatever it may be. And uh, as Jed said, stay safe. Um, you know, we, we're hoping everybody is and we hope everybody, you, your friends, your family, everybody's doing great, hopefully. And with that, we'll be back. I know on the last episode we said we've got Departed coming up and then we're going to do MASH. We did just move those back because of this episode. Um, so we'll get back on track and I believe the next episode will be departed. So again, if you want to watch that ahead of time, um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Deep fucking shit. (laughs) How many hours of flight school? 60 hours plus, sir. Actual flying time. Every minute, sir. I was yanking and banking.